Welcome to Res Talk, your source for the latest news, opinions, and training from top building performance, rating, and auditing experts. Here's your host, committed building science enthusiast and registered professional engineer, Bill Spohn. Welcome back to another episode of the Res Talk Podcast. It's the goal of the Res Talk Podcast to communicate some late breaking news and thoughtful insights about a broad array of topics in the rapidly expanding world of residential energy ratings to the stakeholders in the ResNet ecosystem. So, whether you're a housing consumer, rater, builder, realtor, or appraiser, you want to hear about the evolving trends in home energy ratings. To the ResNet community, we hear you and wish to engage. Codes and standards. A lot of times these two words get kind of mashed together. Well, today we have with us Mark Johnson, who's Executive VP and Director of Business Development for the International Code Council, that's the ICC. He's joined by ResNet Executive Director Steve Baden, a frequent guest on our show, to review the joint goals and activities associated with increasing energy code compliance, which will drive towards the outcome of increasing residential energy efficiency. Now, they've been working on this project for about five years, and they're going to review the activities, some of which have taken place and some of which are going to take place where they're helping to build trust and credibility with code officials while helping to relieve some of the code officials' ever-increasing workload. Now, this will be done by having the HERS Raider, who is ICC certified, focus on the energy and building science aspects. HERS Raiders will proudly bring their attributes of training and certification through ResNet's gold standard to provide oversight. And additionally, there'll be transparency delivered through the ResNet National Buildings Registry, which will come to include a code official portal for immediate code documentation review. So let's listen in with Mark and Steve as they talk about this new merging, this collaboration of the Energy Code Compliance. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. And it's morning where you are. It's afternoon where I am. It just slipped afternoon. Isn't it wonderful we can talk like this dynamically across the continent? I'd like to get a little bit of background for our listeners in case they're not familiar with the ICC and to have Mark speak towards sort of the history of the ICC. Give us a little background on it, please. Thank you, Bill. Just a little bit about the International Code Council. We're a membership-based organization with more than 64,000 members. And really, our mission is to protect individuals globally in the built environment. And we do that through developing building codes and standards that are adopted globally for use and for implementation with regards to ensuring safe construction. I've been with the International Code Council since its founding back in 2003 and also have worked for uh, previous model code organizations with, I'd say, a little over 30 years experience in this field. But one thing that I'd want to comment regarding ICC is not only are we known for development of building codes, which include the International Energy Conservation Code, International Plumbing Code, Building Code, and other members of the International Code family, we're also very focused on developing what we call a suite of solutions that assist in the implementation and enforcement of these codes. So that's something that makes ICC as a model code organization somewhat unique. And the interaction between ResNet and the ICC, the International Code Council, how did that spring up? Uh, Steve, maybe you can speak to that. Yes. With the enactment of the Energy Rating Index in the 2015 IECC, it just made sense for ResNet to start coordinating with the ICC. The first effort we did was the original 2015 IECC 
energy rating index really didn't define how you calculate the energy rating index score required to in a performance option. And so Mark and I got together and we started working together and we decided to submit a joint ANSI standard that could be used to define the ERI. That turned into the ResNet ICC ANSI standard 301. And in the 2018 IECC, the energy rating index, which is section 406 of the 2015 IECC, specifically referred to the joint ResNet ICC publication for calculating an ERI score. In addition, then, based upon that partnership, we looked at the idea that beginning in 2018, the IECC required the duct testing and blower door testing, but there was no description that a code official could use to see how it was properly done. So we entered into another joint partnership and developed the ResNet ICC ANSI standard 380, which provides the technical aspects of conducting a blower door test and a duct test. And in 2018, the IECC adopted the joint standard for the uh, blower door testing. And then recently at the committee hearings for the 2021 IECC, the committee approved referring to the uh, 380 standard for duct testing. And then finally, we entered upon a really great adventure is seeing that water is becoming more important Uh, There's been several podcasts on the water efficiency. We joined together in developing an ANSI standard for the rating of a home's water efficiency as well as the energy efficiency. And then that was the first grounds of the partnership. But Mark can talk to this more, but then we were able to find through those exercises that there is an issue out there in terms of verification of compliance to these various energy codes. Energy codes are good and wonderful, but they're pieces of paper unless they're enforced. And there's a demographic challenge with code officials in the same manner as there is in a lot of the America's trades. The code official workforce is aging and there's not a lot of influx of young people. So that became a discussion between ResNet and ICC on what is the role that raters could play in terms of verification of the energy performance of homes that would relieve limited code officials time that they can focus on the more key things of durability and safety. And so we've been working for a number of years on this idea. We created a recommendation and training for raters to become IECC code inspectors, but this was a launching part. But I think at this juncture, it would be good for Mark to explain sort of the demographic challenges that the code world is facing. Yes, please, Mark. Thank you, Steve. Well, I think I'd first like to point out the importance of the collaboration that Steve alluded to regarding the standards that ResNet has produced in um, concert with ICC, the 301 Energy Rating Index Standard and the 380 Standard. As model code developers, we develop codes that primarily will tell you where and when something needs to be done. Standards provides the how-to and collaboration with ResNet on those two standards and a third one we're working on, which is the water rating index standard, provides the how-to. So these standards work hand in glove with our model codes, uh, in this case, particularly the energy code. So that was a huge accomplishment, particularly for our industry. And then as Steve has mentioned, it's obviously important to have codes and standards out there that are working together, but you also have to implement those codes and standards. So an area where ResNet and ICC has focused on is, is one is when, with regards to training. 
training on our energy code, particularly areas concerning the energy rating index requirements that's in the energy code. In addition to that, the important role that certification of personnel plays. ICC has a certification program that certifies individuals as energy inspectors for both commercial and residential. So we've been working with ResNet on a program that will take ICC's residential certification program and enhance it by working with ResNet and having kind of a dual type of certification that would reflect someone who is both a HERS rater and ICC certified with regards to our residential inspector exam. I think that's a huge accomplishment. And I think, as Steve had mentioned, the demographic challenges, as well as not just demographic in terms of an aging workforce, but just as importantly, we have an unemployment rate that is now hovering somewhere around three and a half percent. That poses a challenge for talent in our respective industries. So there's a real push for us to get trained individuals that are up to speed that could fill the roles that are open in our respective industries. So ResNet and ICC are working diligently towards that goal. And I think that there are some huge opportunities out there for HERS raters, particularly with regards to energy code compliance verification services. And Steve and I have talked in depth about the fact that energy verification services go beyond just the energy rating index path or approach, which obviously ResNet has been heavily engaged in, but also areas concerning the performance path approach in the energy code, as well as the prescriptive path. So we see a lot of opportunities with partnering on the training, but also on this dual type of certification program that we'll be rolling out, which I think is a huge opportunity. Now you say you will be rolling it out. Is anyone doing that already? Any takers so far? Steve, maybe you could address that or Mark. Yeah, we did some research and we've had several meetings of the staffs to coordinate how this is done. And for, I think, at last three years, ResNet and ICC has been working to get HERS raters to be trained and then certified uh, to be IECC code inspectors by ICC. For the past two conferences, we had IECC training and then followed up by a test. And it's worked fairly well. Some research that the ICC did was there's around 200 HERS raters that have gone through that process and have taken and passed the test. And one of the things that Mark mentioned to me, which I think, Mark, you could share with the group, is about the passing rate that raters have had on the ICC test. But we've already taken the first steps, and we'll go in a little bit later into what's the next step after that. But we already have a cadre of over 200 HERS raters that have passed the IECC code inspections. But Mark, why don't you talk a little bit about what you guys have witnessed in terms of the passing rate of HERS raters with the IECC test? Well, one of the things that I'd comment on was with regards to codes and standards, a lot of times people understand the sciences of their discipline, but they have less familiarity sometimes with the actual regulations themselves. They know the physics behind maybe energy, but when it comes to regulation, there's administrative requirements and other requirements. And what we were pleasantly surprised with, um, as Steve has mentioned, is that when we did offer our certification exam at the ResNet conferences, and I believe it's been two years in a row now, the passing rates were phenomenal. They reflected that HERS raters or those taking the test at the conferences we're very adept, not just at the science involving energy, but also the code requirements and the requirements of the standards. And that was an, a very pleasant surprise for ICC. And it kind of reinforced the importance of the collaboration with ResNet 
as well as the opportunity to really look at how we could work together to expand the role of HERS raters and also address some impending challenges that both ICC and to an extent that ResNet is facing. Mark, could you give us a little background on what drew you into this industry? You you said you've been working with the Code Council since its founding in 2003. Obviously, you weren't born in 2003. What were you doing before that that led you on this path? Well, if I, I could be so candid, it was kind of happenstance, more accidental and incidental. I was going to college, uh, Cal State Fullerton, um, working on my degree in engineering and was working part-time at a group called International Conference of Building Officials, which was a model code organization, one of three back in the early 80s, and really had not planned on spending much time there. But over time, I finished my engineering degree and was kind of captured by the mission, protecting the public through safe construction. And it just gave me a sense of purpose. It was very, very different than, let's say, maybe selling consumer goods or doing something of that nature. It had a mission where you could really gravitate to, that what you did mattered. And as my career evolved and as I've progressed into ICC, the one thing that's been very impressive to me is not only the mission, but the expansion of our mandate. And what I say by mandate is, obviously, job one is protecting the public and ensuring safe construction through properly implemented building codes and standards. But I think we have corollary goals as well. And some of these goals are obviously affordability. That's really critical to our industry, especially as we looked across the country and we're trying to address issues of homelessness. Building performance, efficiency is becoming more and more critical. And I think today we're taking as a society a more holistic look and a more long-term look that when it comes to issues like energy efficiency and cost savings and water efficiency and cost savings, we're looking at it over the life cycle of buildings more instead of in a temporal sense of how much does something cost me today. And that's where I think the efforts and the collaboration with ResNet is critical because when we look at the work HERS raters do, and also the opportunity in the future for water efficiency ratings. These are huge opportunities to hopefully raise the level of performance of our residential construction. So I think these are important factors, and it really makes me more passionate about the work we're doing at ICC and the work ResNet's doing. It's a great story. And actually, to add to that, it was amazing in our first discussions years back when we started explaining our two organizations how our DNA, our life world's perspective was so close between the two organizations. Frankly, we're both membership organizations. We also do not seek or do not receive significant federal government funding. So we're truly independent. And then as Mark suggested is that we also combine because our true passion, besides the day-to-day work we have to do is to improve the safety and performance of homes across the country. And the more we started looking at that, the more we realized our DNA was in sync, which made it possible for all these other things that we've been able to do then. But Bill, if I could, let me go back to sort of what the meat and potatoes of where we are now and what its implications are. It became relevant to us as now that the ERI has been in effect for a couple of years, since 2015, and that there's been a small number of states that have adopted it. The option has been not used very often by builders. And there's several reasons for that. One, it's new. But two, frankly, it is more stringent than the other options to the code. 
So while we spent a lot of time launching ERI, we were sort of missing the bigger picture. And clearly, it's a tip of the iceberg, if you will, with the ERI. The main compliance forms that were out there were the performance option, which is the Section 405 of the IECC, and then the prescriptive compliance method, which is 403. All these needed verification, and then all of them involved such things of blower door testing. So it seemed natural to be able to set up a system by which this would benefit two things. If we set up a verification process that's credible to code officials, it would make their life easier accepting performance reports and verification reports. And in addition, for the ResNet Raider, it opens a whole new career opportunity of working with their builder clients in terms of demonstrating compliance to whatever code process that they came up with. So with that idea in mind, we've developed sort of four efforts that we're to be undertaking that we're announcing with this podcast. And the first is a concerted ResNet ICC effort to have HERS raters trained and certified by ICC for energy code plans and review and inspection. We started that process, I said before, we have over 200 HERS raters that have done that, but we need to do more. And our goal is to get every certified rater being able to do that. And then an important step in that effort is a creation of a new ICC certification, which we are calling at this shame, it's a mouthful, but IECC slash HERS compliance specialist. This would be an ICC certification for HERS raters that have been trained and certified by ICC for the energy code plans review and inspection. And this is important because most code officials are members of the IECC and raters who've completed the training and passed the test would then be certified by ICC. And this is a real big area of adding credibility to a raider when they approach a code official that not only are they have the building science background that the HERS rating does, but they've also been trained and certified by ICC. And what it does is it gives kind of a holistic credential to a raider to expand their services in looking at both the performance and prescriptive. And following that then is the creation of a national consistent IECC compliance certificate that HERS raters will complete to demonstrate compliance to the energy code. And the first one we're focusing on is the energy performance method. And then finally, once this process and infrastructure has been together, an education program aimed at code officials and why they should trust the verification of IECC by an IECC certified IECC HERS compliance specialist and third-party verification of the IECC. The goal of this is twofold. One is to make it, and the benefits why I think code officials and Mark can go into this more, would be willing to trust raters that have gone to this certification is not only have they passed the IECC certification requirements, but also by being HERS raters, they are subject to the ResNet quality assurance process. And frankly, this quality assurance process is the only third-party quality assurance process there is in code enforcement. So this background that we have would give code officials much more comfort and confidence in dealing with HERS raters in terms of doing these verification reports. Mark, do you have anything to add to that? Well, I think Steve did a pretty uh, thorough discussion of it, but I think the important component is, is that credibility. Code official certification is huge in our industry. And being certified as a 
energy residential inspector or plans examiner is a critical first step. And I think what ResNet adds to this equation is also some of the building sciences through their program. So we're combining some field aspects with also knowledge of the code, which gives comfort to those jurisdictions that want to rely on third-party providers. The other thing, too, I think that's really unique about this opportunity is it's voluntary. Again, there's no legal mandate to participate in this program. It's voluntary, but it offers really a relief valve for jurisdictions that, quite frankly, are being challenged with many mandates. If we go back to the early 70s and bringing about regulations on accessibility and then energy shortly followed thereafter, Code officials and building departments are constantly being getting hit with more and more of a creep of areas that they have to have oversight for, more recently even green construction. So these challenges on building departments that often have limited budgets often really need to utilize third parties in some cases. And in this particular case, energy, it's a great opportunity for those jurisdictions that may be stretched beyond their current capacity to be able to rely on a a credible third-party source and help assist them with their oversight of code regulation. I know some of the states and other jurisdictions are putting in place their own energy codes. Is it a correct statement first? And second, is that something that, that is a point of gravitation for the four activities that Steve mentioned? Well, let me comment on that. I might have to rely on some notes, but I believe at this juncture, 49 of, I think, the 50 states now use the IECC, or International Energy Code, as the basis of their state requirements. California uses um, Title 24, Part 6, which is a, a state energy code, but nearly all the states use the International Energy Conservation Code as a base. So I think we have a level of harmonization that is good. There may be perhaps some states that might be on a different edition, but I think ICC's goal is to provide a national forum where differences in code requirements can be worked out at the national basis. And ICC has introduced technology, which most recently, probably about, I'm going to say maybe five, six years ago, we introduced what's called Code Development Process Access or CDP Access that allows people to participate in submitting code changes online, collaborating on code changes online, and also for those members that have voting rights to be able to vote on code changes all online and not necessitating that they show up at our annual hearings. So I think this is an important step is to continue to provide that national forum, make it more easy and economical for everyone to participate and to work out any variances between the codes at the national level. And I'd like to comment too that ICC as an association provides a model set of codes. These model codes could be adapted and adjusted based on possibly regional conditions, but that national forum hopefully reconciles deviations between code requirements. Very good, understood. And that national scope, by the way, just to let you know, is that by law, Congress recognized the International Conservation Code to govern residential buildings below four stories. So it it not only has the common thing that all states, except for California, has adopted it, but it also has the recognition by Congress. But having that national platform makes it so much simpler. While the specific numbers may change by code jurisdiction or what edition they're working from, that basic same infrastructure is in 49 states now. And that's where the opportunity then comes in 
with a opportunity to have a verification process that HERS readers can do that would add to the credibility of the uh, process. And what I think what HERS readers bring to the table is that all raters are trained and certified through the nation's gold standard in home energy ratings. ResNet is recognized as the standard buying activity for the certification and conducting of home energy ratings. We do around over 230,000 homes a year. To date, we've done around 2.5 million. So we've been around for 20 years. So it's a known quality. But I think the other important element that we had that raters bring into it and ResNet brings into it is that if you look at it, there is oversight by a robust national third-party quality assurance oversight process. And that issue is critical because then code officials have the ability to understand that there is someone watching over this and there's a process to weed people out if they're not following the rules. And then also the uh, transparency through the building registry. All HERS-rated homes are entered into the registry. It's over 1.5 million homes in there now. And we are planning on expanding that registry to include performance verification. So this would give the ability that we could create a portal for code officials that they could actually go into the portal real time, look up an address, and get the official verification documentation that the reader has done. And I think that transparency is just is very critical to code officials and that plus the training and certification and the quality assurance words would build then the trust and confidence of code officials to accept these reports. And then finally, the argument would be simplicity, because if we between ResNet and ICC jointly developing a standard compliance reports, it makes it easy for the code official to know what they've got and to be easily know that that home is followed through this process. So I think these are really strong points that many code officials are going to welcome. And I think they're going to be, a, this is going to be an attractive past process for them. Because one of the things that Mark said is that you have to really understand is that across the country, code officials are under-resourced. While Mark has pointed out over the past 30 years, the mandates that code officials have had to go through and watch for, they've had not had the same growth in resources. They're limited in terms of amount of training they can do. They are, and it's getting worse and worse because as people retire, there's not as many people filling them in. So it's an industry that's very stretched. And the more that we can come up and find solutions to this issue, relieve code officials from this area of energy efficiency by accepting through a third party, the more that they can focus on their core mission, which is the health and safety. So I think it's something that's time has come. I think this is going to be seen as a real benefit to the code officials, make their jobs easier. But the key of this whole ingredient is the total infrastructure of training, certification, quality assurance, and transparency. It makes perfect sense. It's come together, like you both said, about the simplicity and holistic aspect of it and really taking sort of the talents and skills and the credibility from the building science side and also the QA process to bring it together with ResNet's assistance and making this all come to bear. One of the things I'd like to mention before we go into that, and that is the IECC is on a three-year basis. Every three years, it is modified. And believe it or not, we're already into the 2020 version of the IECC that's going through the process. Recently, the 
first hearings on the code proposals were conducted in Albuquerque. And then in October, there will be what is called the final hearings, which then the people on the floor will vote on what are the proposals that will be voted on that online vote by members of the IACC. This is a critical process because this is what the code's going to look like in 2021. And I think that one of the things that's, that I commend ICC about is a very transparent process. Anyone can show up at the code hearing, which is going to be in October in Las Vegas, and you can get up and testify. You're time limited. But every proposal that is considered to amend the IACC for 2021 is subject for debate. And it is anyone can come. It's no charge to be there. You don't have to be a member to testify. And the other thing that's great about it is that for those who can't make it to Las Vegas, the whole proceedings are webcast. In other words, you can print on your computer and watch those proceedings and debates that are taking place. And I think anyone who's interested in the field of building performance and improved building, it's worth their while to either come to Las Vegas and testify or to be able to watch it because this is where the rules are that you're going to have to live with comes from. And again, if you have strong feelings on these amendments and stuff, it's incumbent upon you to come to Las Vegas and offer your testimony on the portions of that. And the ICC website has the various proposals that are going to be considered along with the dates and location of the ICC hearing. So anyone who's listening to this podcast, we urge them to get involved in this process and particularly to pay attention for the proceedings for 2021, which we're in the middle of. Right. At least look, if they don't get involved, just at least look in on it. Yes. To see how things are done. Very good. Gentlemen, we've covered a lot of ground today and talking about this collaboration between the ICC and ResNet. Are there any closing thoughts you'd like to impart upon our listeners? First of all, this is, to me, really exciting. This is an opening that I really laud the Mark and his team, including the CEO of ICC, Dominic Simmons, for being so proactive on this. This is when you look up a true definition of a partnership and collaborative, this is what's been going on. I think it's terribly exciting for the HERS rating industry, but also in our mutual goals of increasing home performance, because the better the codes are enforced and verified, the better the homes are performing. But I want to say that this is something incumbent that I urge all HERS raters to take advantage of. Take the training and take the test and become certified by the ICC. And uh, as a plug to our conference that we're doing in February, we will again have a pre-conference session in which there will be training on the ICC and then a proctored test at Scottsdale. And this is a great, easy way not only to catch the ResNet conference, but to get this certification. And it's well worth your cost into itself to come to Arizona because, again, as Mark has suggested, the Raiders have shown a real ability to be able to pass this test and become certified. And with the training that's offered there, you're going to be able to come back with that certification. The other thing is, is that we're planning on announcing the launch of this initiative in detail at the conference. So it is behooves everyone to, if they can make it, to come to the or Scottsdale and attend the conference. But more importantly, I just want to reiterate one more time. It's really important with this dynamic opportunity coming up the Raiders to come and get that certification and training to become ICC certified. Very good. Mark, closing thoughts. 
First, I'd like to, you know, just comment on what I feel are huge opportunities for HERS Raiders, particularly with the demographic trends that we're facing, but also the tight labor market. Uh, I don't see that loosening up anytime soon. So I think there's a huge opportunity for HERS Raiders to enter the space for um, energy code compliance. And also they have the skill set through certification and through the building sciences and quality control systems they've been exposed to as part of the ResNet program. I think they're well positioned. But I'd also like to acknowledge our CEO, Dominic Sims, for his efforts in supporting myself and others at ICC as we really stretch ourselves. I'd mentioned our, our primary goal is public safety, first and foremost. There's no doubt about that. But as we move forward at ICC, we look at other aspects such as affordability, building performance, how we could ensure buildings are performing up to speed, but also to our movement globally. ICC is just last year embarked on a journey to participate with a lot of countries in adapting their codes for adoption. And that includes energy codes. We recently produced a code in conjunction with a group called CrossQ in the Caribbean developing their energy code based on the 2018 International Energy Conservation Code. But Dominic has been great at um, supporting us and pushing us further as an organization. And I'm really excited about that. And also, too, to look at, as we move even globally, to set a standard where it facilitates not only a baseline for public safety for all of our global citizens, but also enhances trade between nations. So he's taken a very big picture approach, and it's a great time to be working at ICC and having the opportunity to work with ResNet and Steve as we move forward. With that, we'll uh, bring an end to this podcast. We'll have some links in the show notes for everyone to follow up with the various topics we talked about today, especially in terms of the visibility for the code hearings. That's a great thing to take a look at for anyone involved. And then also please take a look at the upcoming ResNet conference in February of 2020, where you can, again, if you're a Raider, gain this certification, this additional certification. Thanks again, gentlemen. Thank you, Mark. And thank you, Steve. My pleasure. Thank you, Bill. I want to thank you for listening in to this episode of the Res Talk podcast. Hope you learned a few things and come to change your way of thinking about this topic of codes and standards. If you're listening what you and you like what you heard today and you've not yet subscribed to the podcast, please consider doing so by typing Res Talk into the search bar of the Apple Podcast app, Google Play Music, or Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. This way you'll get all the episodes as soon as they're launched. I'd like to close with a thought for the day, and this is a quote by Marissa Mayer. When you need to innovate, you need collaboration. And that's what our topic was today, is collaboration between ICC and ResNet. If you're a pro in the building market, surf on over to resnet.us professional to learn more or join the email list. You can also find ResNet on Facebook or Twitter at ResNet, R-E-S-N-E-T-U-S. If you're interested in feeding back to ResNet on what you heard here today or would like to hear a new topic covered or just a general question, please send an email to info at resnet.us. And also, as noted in the show, you might want to look at attending the ResNet National Conference, which will be February next year in Scottsdale, Arizona. By next year, I mean 2020. So we hope you enjoyed listening today to the ResTalk podcast, and we look forward to hearing you back again. Take care. Thanks for listening to the ResTalk podcast. This podcast is hosted by Bill Spohn, produced by Brian Orr, and is a production of ResNet the Residential Energy Services Network. The best way to listen to this podcast is to subscribe on an iPhone using the podcast app. 
or on an Android device by downloading the Stitcher app and searching for ResTalk. If you are willing, a review on iTunes or the podcast app will help others find the show and would be very much appreciated. We look forward to talking again soon on ResTalk. <laughs>